Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hang on. I don't think I'm connected. You Am are. connected? You are. Why can't I hear anything? Turn you Because you're an idiot. Christ. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Right, hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, and I'm Tim. That there is JB. Hello, Tim. Uh, he's Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, we love rugby. We don't take it or ourselves too seriously. We're here to talk about everything that's been going on in the last seven days, but this one's going to be a slightly unusual one because as we speak right now, not a ball has been kicked or a ruck been hit in anger in the cu- in the round two of the European Champions Cup and Challenge Cup as well. And that is because I'm off on holiday in the morning. How selfish. I know. <laughs> so we're recording this part of the podcast right now. It's um, It's about 20 minutes until... Munster Saracens kicks off right now and and then you guys are going to watch the games and by some sort of time travel miracle mm. we're going to jump to the future and hear your thoughts on the games after they've happened on Sunday evening. I think we're renting a DeLorean from someone aren't we? So, yeah something like that <laughs> we need, just need some potato peel to power the flux capacitor and we'll get to it uh, but we, there's plenty we can talk about because there's a lot that has been going on and let's start with those international squads that have been announced and uh, let's start uh, with England, the much-talked-about EPS squad that Stuart Lancaster has announced. He's, now, we know he's going to add some names on Sunday, and you may well be able to talk talk about that in a little while mm, on the mm-hmm. podcast when we jump forward into the future. Um, but 33 names, there's a lot been said about it. And rather than go over everything that's probably been said by a lot of pundits and analysts and stuff, I've got a little challenge for us. And have a think about this one as you're listening. And thank you very much for listening, by the way. You can make three changes to the squad. What do you do? You can trade three players out and three players in in their place. Who do you trade out and who do you trade in in their place to, in your opinion, improve Stuart Lancaster's squad? And what we've got to do is have a little think about our own three and then we've got to try and come to a consensus between hmm. us on the three we But we won't come to a consensus, will we? You and Phil will come to a consensus. <laughs> well, and I'll be left on the outside with Dave Hewers. Well, oh, all right, so is that the first one you want to pitch? <laughs> Dave Hewers. Dave Hewers. Who, who, who for? Who for? Get with it, Callum Clark. Bring Dave Hewers in for Callum Clark. Now, Correct. Why do you think, because a lot of people were saying this, Dave Hewers has been one of the form, if not the best blindside in the Premiership so far this season. Why do you think Callum Clark got the nod? Uh, he's been in and around the setup before, um, certainly in the Saxons before. Wasn't he captain in the Saxons last season? Was he? Yeah. He's a monster, right? Now, who, why, who Callum Ewers Clark, or Callum Clark? Uh, Ewers. I think Callum Clark might be in there for a bit of edge. Because if he's anything, he's a little bit edgy. He is, a na- he is nails. Yeah, he's pretty hard. He's pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he'll be fine, but I think he's only... You know, well, here's my position, right? Which is, the teams that have made the biggest impact for me this season have been Bath, who I think have looked excellent, and they've got a huge back row, and Wasps, who have also got a monstrous back row. Looking forward to this weekend, I think the team which is going to uh, hand out the biggest hiding th- this weekend is probably going to be Toulouse, and they've got a massive back row. So I don't mean mind having one small guy in there, but I'd like to see Haskell, Ewers, What, Vunipola? Who are you talking about one small guy? Who's small? No, no, I don't mind having a small guy in oh, there. Right. But in this case, we're not having any small guys. Right, okay. In, in your case, got, yeah. Yeah. you are no small guys. Don't, don't, <laughs> right. have time. don't trust them. Um, <laughs> now, Stuart Lancaster always says he will pick on form, but what I quite like about his, seems to be what his distinction of form is, is he looks over a much longer period than the last few games. And I think that's maybe where Callum Clark's got the nod over Dave Ewers, because Callum Clark's been doing the business for the champions Northampton for 
for a long time. He's in a great pocket. Week in, week out. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but you is, would definitely be one I'd consider changing. Uh, Phil, who would you like to put forward? Um, well, sticking on the back row, I'd, I would probably swap Callum Clark for Fraser. But I think it's a very good point you make, Tim, on the longevity of their form. Because Fraser's had like six good games or five good games this season, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas Callum Clark was very important in Northampton winning the league last year. Yeah, so Fraser would be one I, that I'd want in, and, and not because I'd say that he's um, a better player per se. Although, like you say, like you say, his recent form has been excellent. Yeah, but just because we don't have a proper seven, as I think I moaned about a little bit about on the podcast last week. Um, I, want, I just want a pro- for balance. Why? I want Why? Because <laughs> all the best teams in the world have a proper Wasps fetcher have a, at seven. Wasps have a proper seven. Haskell. Haskell. That's but, fine. <laughs> but look at the, the way that New Zealand, the way that Australia and the way that South Africa operate is they fan out. They don't well, de- They don't defend because they have one player they can send in discount, to cause havoc. Let's discount Australia at the moment because they're in complete turmoil. So wow. they, they don't count. Um Let's look at South Africa. I mean, they're just big old boys. Yeah, they are. They are. And New Zealand just happens to have probably the best player of a generation. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Occupying the seven shirt. I, I'm, I'm, I would put Fraser, but I would take out Cruz in the second row. I don't think we need to have four second rows because I okay. think I think Cruz is only there. Uh, that's a good shout. I, I think Cruz is only there to make up the numbers, and he's he's not going to get in ahead of the other three. So if there's an injury, bring him in for Atwood, Launchbury, or Laws. But uh, I, bring in I, Hooper if you want to win a World Cup bring in Hooper real leadership <laughs> real man <laughs> uh, but I, I want to suggest um, as well now I know he's been slightly injured what's the story with Anthony Watson because I'd probably have either him or Foden but if Watson was fit and firing I'd have him for good uh, personally at fullback yeah, that's good he, he's due to start tomorrow uh, when, when everyone's listening to this this was two days ago so he has and that's not going to be a pleasant experience for him yeah, uh, and he's starting at fullback because Gavin Henson has dropped to the bench. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, if, would anyone put Wade in for, for anyone? Yes. I, I would probably, purely based on form and form over the last two seasons, go with Strettel. I, I agree with that, actually. He is the most complete winger that we've got, I think. I can say this other thing about Strettel, which is every time I used to see him playing against Wales, he was the only player that really frightened me. Yeah. He just looked... Awesome. Then he kind of got a few injuries, dropped off the radar, but I'm, I'm glad you, he's back. I'd like what to see do you think if he was up against Surveyor every week? Um, well, there's only very few Surveyors. I mean, I, I, think uh, he, I think he'd be all right. I think the wingers each have at least one weakness. Yeah. And I think his kind of uh, weakness is spread across everything rather than on one individual thing. But I think overall he's the most consistent and the most... Well-rounded. Yeah, I think wing, wings are really strange position in terms of say if you've got an eight, the bigger and faster the eight, the better the eight. But with a winger, you can have a really big, fast guy. But the bigger and faster that they get, almost the more susceptible they are to a Christian Wade. I mean, I think George North would have a nightmare tra- uh, uh, tra- tra- trying to catch Christian Wade. Uh, I don't think George North would be worried about Christian Wade. I bet he would. I, I think Christian I Wade would be a world. lot more concerned about George North. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I mean, look at Shane Williams. He made he, he made a whole career out of, go, uh, yeah. out of going around people. Right, I'm going to put one in the, I'm going to put one in the mix. I, I knew he would get picked in the squad. He has been playing really well, So, I, but I, this one won't be popular and I bet it doesn't make the cut. But, Haskell, I don't think... How dare no, you? No, no, listen... I don't think Haskell is a better six than the sixes that, that that we could pick. I don't think he's a better seven than the sevens we could pick, Rob Shaw or Fraser. I don't think he's a better eight than the eights you can pick. I think he's there because he, I, he he's kind of, uh, what's that phrase, master of... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, something of many, something of master of none. But do, tell you what, he might not be quite as good as any of those players in that position, but he's a better cap, captain than, than Rob Shaw. Oh, and he's, he's, his banter is outstanding. I Bantos! Know, it's almost worth having him for the, for the Bantos, <laughs> Captain Bantos. It's almost worth having him for that alone. But I know you won't pick that one, so we'll move on. Uh, um, have we reached? Are we, would we reach any consensus? Is there any other player you want to chuck in? David Pace would be one, but then I can understand. Is he not in? No, well, they've only got two. Oh, hookers. they've got two hookers, haven't they? Yeah, yeah but I can understand that as well. Um, yeah, and they're, they're two big form hookers, aren't they? Should we should we put our foot down, um, Phil, and go? We should have Fraser in there for balance. No. Well, you've only got one out and out seven in there at the moment, yeah. but you've Rob got Shaw. three sixes. Yeah. Yeah. You, just, I, I you like, need more big ball carriers. Um, That's the secret. We, we could go with JB's Ewers and then drop Clark, and we could go with Fraser and drop and drop 
Cruz. Okay, I'll do that. Let's do those. So those two, we've got one more position, then we can change if we if we wish. Can we, we'll, let's talk about the old Cipriani fly after. I was gonna say, could we possibly drop Fraser and go with Hooper? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. absolutely not. Right. How about this for a quote from Steve Diamond? I was I was in the room when he said this. Um Ooh. and Steve Diamond said that the England selectors have been conservative. He said Stephen Myler is a good, consistent player in the Premiership. Does he have the flair and does he have the ability of Danny Cipriani behind a dominant pack? He said, the answer is simply no. And Danny not getting selected is hard for everyone at Sales Sharks to take. And he, he has suggested earlier this week as well that there is a north-south divide. And, and the, he said the answer was simply yes when asked, would Danny Cipriani get in the squad if he was playing at a team in the south? And, hmm. and he said, he said the answer is yes. I think that's nonsense. But can I just ask... A little bit more about this quote. It's something which I, I found telling, telling then. What does he mean by everyone in sale? What did we say? Everyone he didn't in... say everyone in sale. He said, he said, Danny, him him not getting selected is hard for us to take. Okay. And by which he meant it's coaching us, staff the and coaching Danny. staff, Danny, people at South I was going to say, yeah, that's quite, in, that, that's quite, that's quite, quite, quite interesting quotes. Uh... But then, then again, I wonder, he, he's been saying he's going to sit down with Danny and try and negotiate a new contract soon. So obviously... It's the sort of con- comment that Danny would like his coach to make. You and know you what know, I mean? if I was going to yeah. be a cynic and say, "Ooh, would Steve Diamond rather negotiate with a current England international or a non-international?" <laughs> which one would that be? Which one d- uh, deserves the higher contract? There, there's also an argument to say that, well, the argument that he's making that if he was playing in a different team, he would be playing for England. So it's a that yeah. kind of co- a contradictory argument for Diamond to make, isn't it? Do you feel that Myler getting called up is a bit like, do you know, in the Oscars when they have the Lifetime Achievement Award for someone who's done nothing really but kind of been consistently <laughs> good throughout, throughout their career? Do you think it's kind of like that, like a reward? So, so you kind of, are you kind of with the sentiment that Steve Diamond's saying then that, that Danny Cipriani is, is a better option than Myler and Myler's just got the, the benefit of sitting behind a, a monstrous pack? Uh, Myler's fine. He's just... Uns- I mean, I say he's uninspired. I've seen him do some... Uh, Marvellous things. I think there's an offload last year against Bath, which is just superb. Um, and it's, his kicking game is awesome. His kicking very good. Some of his short kicking is really I mean, excellent. Yeah, I, mean, oh, you... I think he's much maligned. And I, I, I take a bit of... And, I, and I'm going to say this to anyone that sits there and just and just has this this sort of thing. It's like people think Danny Cipriani's a maverick. If you've watched Danny Cipriani in the last year and a half, and I've seen a lot of him, he's not this maverick player. He's actually... And what's made him really good and made him possible selection for England is he's knuckled down, he's putting in tackles and he's kicking position and he's doing a lot of the basics and he's giving the ball a Agreed. lot more. And, and with Stephen Myler, and let me say, if you're sat there and you just have this impression and you just think and you made up your mind Stephen Myler is boring, then you haven't been watching Northampton. That's exactly what I was, hey, about, hey. About, to say. I was about to say. People say Danny Cipriani this and the other. I, it's pretty much because they don't watch Sale. He's a good, consistent fly-half. Myler is a good... All round ten. I wouldn't have taken him, but I have no problem that he's going. Owen Farrell goes down injured, and he's out the World Cup. Ah, now now we're talking. Now yeah. I've got a bit, bit more of a problem. Right, right. Then, then what have you what have you got? You got Ford, and you've got Cipriani. No, you want Miner there because you've got someone. You go right, tight game. We need to probably play South Africa. Actually, you might stick in Miner because he's going to he's going ki- to he's going to kick sticks and nail it. Or I think they're going to start with Ford. I hope they do. Possibly. And <laughs> then if Ford goes down, do you go with? Uh, I think. Actually, I think Farrell and Myler are more similar. I yeah, think... that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I can see um, that. If Farrell's first choice, you're backing him up. If Ford was first that choice, was... you'd probably have Cipriani so in the do squad. do we think then, knowing that, I mean, you've got to pick Ford because you just do. He's done all the right things he's in, but he's a bit different to Farrell. So look at in the ba- looking at the backup, do you think the backup gives away who the starter is? Yeah. So what, you reckon he's going to go with Farrell? I think Farrell's the starter, and then you've got, you've got your kind of... But if you pick Cipriani, you think he's, he would go with Ford? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, a really that's, good. Yeah, that's a good point. Although Farrell is the man in, with the shirt, so he's as it stands first choice. Well, Hodgson is the man with the shirt actually. <laughs> well, at the moment, um, but I think I'd love to see Ford, and I think he will get. He'll start definitely at, at least at least one or two of the the test matches. Yeah, definitely Samoa. Yeah, Brad Barrett, would you move him out? Uh, sorry, is Brad Barrett in? Yeah, yes. I, this is how little little I know. <laughs> well, I've been I've been so busy last few days. Brad, Brad Barrett's in. Why? I have no. I I can't reconcile that with with any, uh, with anything. Why? Why is he there? Defense. Yeah, that's it. Really, just oh. his defense. But why do they, they put like? Why do they put Will Fraser in at twelve? <laughs> <laughs> um, but who would you swap Brad Barrett out for? 
as a as a twelve. Because looking at the squad, they've got five centres. You've got Eastman, twelve trees, and Barrett, who will be considered as inside centres, and Jonathan Joseph and Luther Burrell, who will be considered as outside centres. I would I have think. A, I'd throw in another outside centre because Burrell's really a, well. I say he's really a twelve. He, he plays, plays thirteen for England. But yeah, I I think they will yeah. start with twelve trees and Burrell and Burrell. Yeah, I think probably from what Stuart Lancaster said, you got the impression that if Tuilangi was fit, then Jonathan Joseph would be the one that drops out. Yeah, not Brad Barrett. Now, mm. personally, all I'm saying is if Tuilangi is fit, personally, I'd drop out Barrett and think of Luther Burrell as a as a twelve. In, as a twelve, mm, agreed. I completely agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So, actually, what we're saying is we are only making two changes, and with the third one in brackets, when Tuilangi's fit, Barrett goes. Yeah, I'll go with that. So we've got Fraser, Fraser, and you as in for Cruz and Clark. I wonder. Done. There you go, Stuart Lancaster. You want to win a World Cup? Listen to us. <laughs> exactly. I was just wondering if if Barrett would even come close to the South Africa squad. No, no, no I don't think so either. Uh, at Rugby Podcast, have we got that completely wrong? Are you sitting there thinking, <laughs> no, Cipriani's got to go in, and and you're wrong about Myler? Or no one's watched Cipriani; they have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think or any other changes that you would make, uh, one way or the other. Now, let's just talk a little bit about transfers because it's that time of the year when the transfer rumor mill starts to kick in. Uh, what about this one? Thierry Dussetois is bucking the trend. We've seen loads of French players, uh, English players, sorry, going to France, but the French captain saying he wants to possibly come to the Premiership. Hasn't said exactly who, but he's uh, spoken to some Premiership clubs, including its strongly rumoured Leicester. Mm. I hear he's moving for the food and the culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'd, be, yeah, it'd be cool, I guess. It'd be a great signing. Leicester would be a great fit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think, I think They've got think a need in that position. Um, who's an incumbent, incumbent seven? Salvi. Salvi, yeah. Yeah, and he's not going to last forever. No. Uh, yeah, go for it. Well, uh, um, well done, Leicester. <laughs> it's good. We, yeah. Um, is there anyone else that could really do with him? Uh, I mean, Bath currently are very short of well, sec- you know uh, back rows. But... I would lo- That's only a short-term this. loss, though, isn't it? Yeah. Lo- I would have loved Warburton to go to the Tigers or to go to Bath. I'd love to see him in both those kits. Fantastic kits. <laughs> I, I'd li- I, th- I think Dussetois at Quinns would be a good one. Uh, you mm. could stick Rob Shaw on the blind and Dussetois at seven, or vice versa. Oh, Actually, yeah. can play six What about well. um, the other lad, Tarzan? Luke Wallace. Luke Wallace. Well, no, yeah, yeah Luke Wallace is good. But, we'll take them in and out. But, but I just think Dussetois would improve yeah. improve the team. He'd improve pretty much any team he went to, to be honest. Yeah, just just about his Lund- world-class London operator. Welsh, Falcons. <laughs> has has Dussetois still got the record for the most tackles made in a, an international game? Was that the World oh. Cup final? No, the World Cup quarter-final in France against New Zealand in 2000 I knew it was against New Zealand 2007 oh hang on a quarter final in Cardiff Uh, when the tournament was played in France in 2007 I went to watch that game I can't believe I'm the one dishing out the facts this is normally Phil's job (laughs) but 38 tackles fact world record wow well done Phil and I think it was the international match with the most world record most most world records most tackles (laughs) most world records in one match (laughs) the world record for the most world records (laughs) someone who's not moving someone who's not moving is Joe Launchbury he's committed his future to Wasps uh, signed a new deal with the Coventry Club yeah Yeah. feels weird saying Uh, that Grand grand Wasps Uh, um, (laughs) Saracens were apparently after him Um, so that's that's obviously amazing news for Wasps yeah Really good set of uh, second rows we've got there. Yeah. With, quality with him with Gaskell. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Gaskell. Gaskell, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> Bradley Davies. Bradley Davies. Yeah. Uh, Talon are interested in Samu Manoa, although Northampton are saying they know nothing of this. But mm. there's there's, there's rumours linking Samu Manoa with well, not with a move to, but they're saying Talon are interested. And when Talon, Talon are interested in someone, if yeah. Talon is interested in any one of your players, keep calm and just calmly <laughs> ask. Who are you going to let go? Because we'll do a swap. Oh, like the uh, sales swap of Evian Lewis-Roberts for Sheridan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great bit of business. There you well go. Done. Just see who wants to come. Well, you look at the Toulon back row and you've got Masoi, who's 35, Vosloo, 35, Joanne Smith, 34, Fernandez Lobby, 33, God's I think, 31. They're, they're all they're like of... the They're like the AC Milan of rugby. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> they're all in that... Um, they, they won't, yeah, they won't last forever. Bracket. Have you, have you mentioned Juan Smith? Juan Smith, yeah, thirty-four, I think he is. Their, their second rule is probably something similar with Ali Williams yeah. and Backies both. Though, yeah. What about this one then for impossible move? Gloucester are apparently made their number one target 
George Burgess. That's such younger, a classic Gloucester move, isn't it? Younger brother of Sam, <laughs> who's gone to the West Country Rivals Bath. Now, George Burgess is 22, and it's thought that um, a £1 million, or is it $1 million? I don't know whether which way, whether it's dollar or pound. But Probably anyway, dollar. Oh, a Good one, dollars for now. A $1 million uh, Australian dollar deal could tempt George Burgess. Basically, the same money that they spent on Sam Burgess. Okay, this is such a... I mean, it's such a cost to move, right? Because Bath are a pretty complete team. We can all agree on that. And they're just adding this extra Bert Burgess character and see how it goes. Gloucester needs second rows badly. They need. They probably might even need an extra front row. Well, they and... have got Galarza coming back when he's fit again from after, and he's he look really I mean, get, good. Get another yeah. one. At, get another one at, uh, as well. It's not like bringing Burgess in is going to be like the final, the final piece of the puzzle. They need so much more. So wasting all your money on... on I mean, they, <laughs> they did the same with Carl Price. Yeah, that one didn't yeah. work out very well. It didn't did work yeah. out great, th- did I it? Think these Burgess, I think these Burgess boys are a little bit different. Well, Why? Where Carl on, Price was incredible at the time. Where on the Burgess pecking order is George Burgess? Because Sam's second, Sam, isn't Sam's I think he's, he's basically the number two. Is Sam and George are the ones that played all the time. They're the good for ones. For the Rabbitohs. They're, they're, they're the best ones. I'd happily be number five, but, uh, number five Burgess. <laughs> happily. Well, um, let's let's quickly move aside then, because let's talk about that. Manu Tuilagi said this week that when asked who is the best of the Tuilagi brothers, Andy he he replied Andy Tuilagi is the best. The, if he hadn't did he answer in, the question? If he, <laughs> if he hadn't have been injured so much, he would have been the best Tuilagi. No, he's getting confused. Yeah. There's, there's too many of them. He does know it's related to Henry Tuilagi. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> is he just chucking Andy Tuilagi a bone there for being the runt of the? Because Andy Tuilagi, let's not was he re- laughing? Let's not forget. That, <laughs> He made our runt of the litter 15, <laughs> didn't he? I, oh, I played against a, a Tuolangi last week. What? I played against a Tuolangi last week. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a Tuolangi playing at Penrith. And he plays inside centre. Wasn't great, I've got to say. Is he a proper, but proper he just had the name Tuolangi? Or, no, is, he, or is he a Tuolangi? Tuolangi? I don't know if his surname's Tuolangi, but he's related to, to, to Ah, right. He might be a, like a half-brother or a cousin. Penrith signed Tuolangi. Oh, 21st it... of July, 2013. There you go. They've had to wait, but now we can announce that they have signed Palais Tuolangi. I think he's from Newcastle originally. Pale plays for the Star Club in New Zealand. I think he's just got the same name, mate. Uh, I think that's it. He's just I'm not sure what that's him. I'm pretty sure it's Tuolangi's nil, JB1. He's played all his rugby in New Zealand. <laughs> 29, yeah, 29-year-old Palais can play scrum half or fullback. He played 12. He's a cousin Oh, yeah. is he? There you go. According to he's this, a, he's, he's a cousin. He's a cousin. But the Beardmores all... are beating the two alangies in rugby terms <laughs> down at the moment. Only weighs 88 kg, not 180. He isn't a big guy. Yeah. Not a big guy at all. Because there is a couple of younger two alagis who I think... I think, I think they're, they're Fred... Newcastle. Yeah, they are Brian two alagi and, and another. <laughs> <laughs> who are... Uh... Yeah, and then the Fred... Cecil two alangi can be the ranks, isn't there? <laughs> Cedric. <laughs> I want to see what's the most as they've obviously become more as a family more and more English and they're bedded in generation after generation not to say they're not English but you know what I mean yeah Um, what's the the most English name that they could have as Tuolangi I think Tim Tuolangi sounds fairly ridiculous (laughs) Timothy Tuolangi Timothy Tuolangi I like that (laughs) like that a lot anyway going back to um, the Burgess here's a question for you right just a quick one because Rugby league fans will be moaning again another they always they're just nicking another rugby league player um, and of course, before professionalism, the, the drain was the other way. There were players like Jonathan Davies and Scott Quinnell, uh, and so so on, going to rugby league from rugby union. But one thing I think rugby league maybe can actually say is, we take a lot of their like defensive systems and offloading and a lot of their skill set. Which yeah. like, has rugby union given anything to rugby league? Mm. Is there anything that we have we do really well in rugby union that rugby league has? maybe adopted or taken? I think... So in, internationals. I mean, mean? W- the Rugby League do terrible, terrible internationals. Uh, if they're going to take anything from um, Rugby Union, it's spread the game. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point, because there's only really three countries. Well, I mean, there's only like 10 towns in all of the UK that play it. I mean, it's phenomenally, su- and it's phenomenally successful there. They should just spread, you know... So that, the commercial approach and the... It's not even commercial, is it? It's the fact that we've got rugby playing communities all over, all, all over the world that play union. There's like a handful. I think it goes... This isn't a joke either. I think it goes um, Australia, UK, when they were Great, Great, Great Britain, so let's call them Great Britain, New Zealand. But I think the next one might be le- like the Lebanon. 
I, I'm, I'm not even joking. For I know well, Lebanon for participation. Have, yeah, yeah. I know there's a big uh, might be France, like, France probably Lebanese expat community in yeah. Australia. Yeah. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of people went out from St Helens to the Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, a few years ago <laughs> they, they thought well, we won't go to the Costa del Sol and, and emigrate. Well, uh, let's go to the Lebanon. A few years ago, the multinational team was recruiting from South Wales because they've got a load of South Walesian expats there, so they're just getting family and friends to play. Well. Possibly professionalism, and I know rugby league was professional before rugby union, but I think a lot of sports, not just uh, rugby league, I think football and and others, learn a lot from England's 2003 World Cup, mm. the the Clive Woodward um, mantra of making everything one percent better mm. to improve everything. Mm. It's like that kind of that attention sci- to detail, yeah, yeah. scientific attention to detail. I think yeah. that's. Uh, Something that any sport can I can not for the life of me understand why rugby league isn't the biggest sport in the world, quite <laughs> frankly. I mean, why the Americans don't love rugby league? It's easy to understand. There's only six tackles and the uniforms look great. What's, what's there not to like? <laughs> anyway. You make a good point. There you go. Um, a final little bit of news. Japan have been awarded a Super Rugby franchise. Uh, so in 2016, Super Rugby in the Southern Hemisphere is going to expand to 18 teams from the 15 that it currently is. So South Africa are getting an extra one on my right field to make it 16. Yes. Then Argentina are going to get one to make it 17. And the final one, as announced um, today, as we record this, Japan. Wow. Yeah. Are getting a Super Rugby now, franchise. Do you think this has got anything to do with stopping the player drain? Do you know when, like... New Zealand and, um, sorry, Kiwis and Aussies go over to Japan and then can't get picked because they're not playing super rugby. But does this mean they can be picked now? Um, or do they have to be playing for the home union? The, the current rules are you have to be playing for the playing within the country. Certainly Australia and New Zealand say that. You have to be playing in, in that country. But, but it does stand to reason that if they're part of the same uh, fixture system, mm. that playing in Japan or Australia or South it's, Africa shouldn't really affect... Yeah, and presumably, do you know when all the players go to Japan for the big money? Well, presumably all that big money will be in that region now. Or will it? I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work. That's, I expect that's how it will work. Put yeah. an end to all the big, big, all the big, big contracts with IBM Big Blue or whatever, they, whatever the teams oh, are. No, I reckon they'll still have that. Do you yeah. reckon? Yeah. Well, that's probably one of the reasons they've given the franchise there. So I wonder if the, if the franchise will be drawing players from like the real, the, what they call the the Black Rams or... Yeah, the or if they'll be separate, recall black rams. No, I, I think they'll still have that like, uh, like an, tier, tier two league now, and they'll yeah, but exactly what you were talking about with um, sort of growing the game and professionalism, and maybe you didn't mean it quite like this, Phil, but uh, actually, even if it's the superstars of the game, the fact they're right there in Japan is going to increase participation. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Among uh, the native population, you would like to see, wouldn't you, more Japanese players? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you will. I think you'll get you'll get both, but you've got to have. The stars there initially, mm. and having like the Crusaders going playing in Japan or the Sharks going and playing in Japan will obviously grow it. And then you'll initially have a lot of foreign players, but as that popularity grows, you'll get more and more Japanese. Oh, I'd love to see up. 10 years from now a Southern Hemisphere regional competition as, as they've got as they're getting Super Rugby and a Northern Hemisphere one and then you could have like a like the NFL like I've been saying for years yeah and then you yes. could because the US <laughs> yes again the USA could have a couple England could have a few France could have a couple and then you've got this and then you've got a North Northern Conference a Southern Hemisphere I've Conference I've been saying this for years why the, don't you listen to me the playoffs bring them together yeah and you have a global season so you have the in- international oh, period I love that why, why is this just occurred to you all now <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> again. Um, now, let's have a bit more fun. Is that, has this team been named yet? Do you know what it's called? Uh, no. no. I, I Great, let, let's start guessing. <laughs> I think it was just announced yesterday. The Where's it going to be based? Tokyo. Uh, I don't have they even said that. Oh, no, I haven't. The, the, the JRFU have uh, just been informed today, as we speak, about the, about the decision from Sanzar Rugby probably going to be Tokyo so let's assume it is for a second or Japan or whatever the, the Tokyo Kamikazes the Kamikazes good <laughs> I was going to go for uh, blue the something like, something like the tuners something something uh, tuners. tuners yeah the, yeah they love their blue their uh, their bluefin tuna or sami, sa, samurais the bluefins the, the bluefins bluefins yeah I like that um, the samurais it, they've got the cherry samurais blossom. that's it it has to yeah. be the Samurais. Who do you think their, their, their kit manufacturer will be? Mm, I wonder. I don't know who it <laughs> Rhino. Be. Must be Rhino. Yeah? <laughs> samurais. That'd well, be awesome. Yeah, Samurais would be pretty cool. 
uh, yeah, there you go. The, mm. uh, we've just named it, them. What would the Argentinian one be called, by the way? The that, Gauchos. Yeah, <laughs> the the steaks. The uh, I don't know. The Falklanders. That's <laughs> uh, Malvinas. Yeah, sorry, Malvinas. Uh, yeah. So when do these teams the Clark, kick off? Then? The Clarksons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, when do these teams kick off? 2016. Uh, yes. Exciting. Oh, I've got an email from Warren, from Warren, from Warren, Warren Gatland. <laughs> yeah. Jay, you're included in the squad. <laughs> Get your boots. Jay, can you play 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, <laughs> 8, 7, uh, <laughs> 12, 13, 14, 15? Not 15. Uh, right, listen. Um, Phil, well done. Even though it's a Friday and you haven't had the weekend to prepare, you come straight from a busy week of work. You still organised a quiz for us. So here's I- Phil with his little weekly trivia teaser on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. And it's another list for you, you fine gentlemen. You love lists. I do love lists. It's your job. Making lists is your job. I just kind of. I'm following rules. Following rules counts things making lists. Just like to put things in order. Yeah, that's it. Um, So, nice easy one. Hopefully, a little bit easier than last week when Tim won with zero points. What was last week's? Guessing those size of the number eights that played in the Six Nations or something ridiculous. Something like that, Yeah. yeah. I want you to write from one to eight. Oh, Christ. The okay. highest uh, ranked IRB teams in the in the 15s world rankings. In the f- okay, e- easy, easy. How, yeah, how hard can that be? So s- same as last week, point scoring is one point for a team in the correct position. No points for a team in the wrong position, and if you list one that is not in the eight, you get minus two points. Listen to me right. I think you should get the first, probably the first four in order, definitely. And then after that, it gets a little bit trickier. Yeah, and I've got, I reckon, I'm pretty sure I've got the eight countries. Hmm. Pretty sure. Right. Hmm. So I've got all eight in order. How many Ooh. have you got, in? That's quite hard to beat, I think. <laughs> That's eight, eight points, Jay. I think it is. I've got eight in an order. I'm not very let's, confident in the order I've put them in, but let's go with let's it. Let's have a quick scan of yours, Tim. Let's just have a quick look. Uh, by the way, I've crossed one out so you can see it. I'm not cheating. Yeah, I can see them both. So, Tim, do you want to list? Uh, Should we go from first? bottom to top? Should we go eighth position? Uh, uh, yeah, do uh, that. My eighth is Wales. My eighth is Wales. Ooh. Are we wrong or right? Just let me get my scoring system. That was my wild card. I didn't think. Right, you... If people are playing along, how's the scoring system oh, work? So it's it's one point for in the correct position, okay. and minus two if you list a team that's not in the eight. So okay, I, cool. I can tell you that Wales in eighth position gets you zero points. What? So they're in the list, but they're not. Yes, precisely. So they're not oh, eight. No. Right. Okay. Then uh, seventh, I've got Argentina. And Jay. So have I. I can tell you that Argentina gets you both. Minus two points. They're not oh. in the list of top eight. They are tenth. Wow. As it stands. God damn. Uh, sixth, I've got France. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> You've both got the same list. Have <laughs> um, so you been copying me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you that you have no points for that either. Oh my France weren't in eighth or seventh by any chance. France are in seventh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, fifth, I've got Ireland. And Jay? Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and you both get plus one point. Yes! I'm win- no, I'm not. You're drawing. <laughs> so who... Oh, no, we don't know the country we've missed because we haven't done it yet, but I'm, I... I'm assuming it must be one of the lower-ranked teams. Like, uh, uh, Yes, you've missed the team that's in eighth place. So yeah. who's that? Is that Japan or something Samoa. like that? Samoa. Scotland. What? Oh, How are they? Do you know what Argentina would do to Scotland? If it... <laughs> I know. <laughs> if they mount on a night out. <laughs> uh, fourth place, I've got Australia. Jay? Yes, I have. Yeah, you both get one <laughs> point. I think it's going to be a draw. Third place, I've got England. Yeah. I went for South... No, England. <laughs> yeah. We just got the same list. You've, got ex- you've written exactly the same one to eight. Uh, and South Africa second. New yeah. Zealand first. New Zealand first. Yeah. Right. How, are you, how are you going to decide who wins this? Right, so... Maybe we have to pick the next three. Because <laughs> so, we, we know that well, Wales are eighth. I will tell you that Samoa are in ninth position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Argentina a 10th but then who is an 11th for the tiebreaker I'll go in and say Japan I'm going to say USA the person getting the points 
taking this week. Is it one of them then? It is one of them. Oh right. And it's Tim. Yes! No! US, no! USA are 18th, Jay. What? Japan are 11th. Doesn't bode well for their New Zealand match. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Good game, Phil. I like that. God like damn. That. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna JB's. We're gonna stop, end JB's frustration now because what we're gonna do is hop in our DeLorean, mm. uh, fill up the flux capacitor with some banana peel, and uh, with Doc Brown and Martin McFly, we are gonna jet 48 hours into the future because right now it's a Friday evening. Uh, I'm going to be on holiday um, in in Greece, and um, JB and Phil are going to go forward in time, and they're going to review. The We're going to w- talk about bath for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go in your DeLorean. See you later. Yeah? Bye. Bye. Right. Uh, wow. Uh, time travel really takes it out of you. <laughs> it was tough, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, we've had eight to ten hours to uh, to recover and watch all of those games. Yep. What's your pick of the week, Philip? Well, I think I know what you're going to go for. Go on. Uh, I imagine you're going to go for not the not the Northampton team, a, a specific individual. It was of interest, but no, that is not my pick of the week. That's not your pick of no, the week. No, I've got two two picks of the week. Okay, you uh, go first then. Well, my first pick of the week uh, would be uh, my terrible picks regarding the Pro 12 versus the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, Saracens, who I had nailed on winners uh, against Manchester, lost miserably. Yeah. Uh, God knows how that happened. I still can't work it out. But if that wasn't uh, uh, if that w- uh, wasn't surprising, Leicester lost to Scarlets. Yeah. And they scored the same amount of points. Three. <laughs> Three. Yeah. Uh, my two English candidates, who I thought might be in with the show, outside show of uh, World Cup glory, Benjamin and Alan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> combined to drop seven points and then th- literally throw seven points to uh, Scarlets. So, so the yeah, the incident was Alan, who received a pass from Ben Young's two yards out from the try line, completely unmarked, and managed to drop it over the line. Yep. And then Miles Benjamin, who receiving a kick in his own 22. Threw it on the floor. He kind of got caught in two minds. He looked like he was going to kick and then thought, no, I'm going to take contact. No, he threw the ball up for a kick, but according to minds, he didn't swing his leg for the kick. (laughs) So the result was just to throw the ball forward, which was quite incredible, actually. Um, Other than that, I actually thought Miles Benjamin had a fairly... In fact, I thought Anthony Allen had a fairly good game, both coming back from injury. But to only score three points as... The, one of the premier teams in the uh, Aviva, particularly as I've said all these good things about the Aviva teams and all the bad things about <laughs> the Pro 12 teams, are sim- simply not acceptable. Yeah, and, and Scarlets as well. Like we talk about Leicester being injury ravaged, ravaged. Yeah. Scarlets as well. They lost Jake Ball before the match. They lost, lost Pittman after 20 minutes. They lost Scott Williams yeah, the after 20 minutes. God. But they, they still managed to uh, pull out a performance. Yeah. And my second pick of the week... OK. We've found a referee that likes rugby. <laughs> John Lacey from um, the same game, Scarlet's Tigers. Yeah. Just let the boys play. There was a great hit by uh, Owen Williams on Taggy Thackenbau, where Thackenbau got ahead of steam up, ran straight into Williams, and he just upended him, drove him backwards. His legs went up in the air... But he landed on his back, and the ref just, like you say, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Well, I think the concept on that was um, BT's own Alastrican, I think it was. And he has a very weird um, a very weird reading of the rules, which was, because Williams let him go mid-air, it was OK that he went past the horizontal. Which I'm sure isn't the uh, rule. Yeah, that sounds like... Uh, yeah, that sounds the opposite of the actual rule. If you let him go in the air, it's normally worse. Hmm. Well... Uh, at least Northampton um, kept the flag flying for, flying for the Viva, smashing, um, os- uh, smashing the Ospreys 34-6, thir- 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 as I predicted would happen with all the games, to be fair. Yeah, and Ospreys were unbeaten going into this game, um, but Northampton, and particularly George North, were just unstoppable, unplayable. I'm assuming George North is your pick of the weekend, Phil. Yes, George North would be. I was expecting you to pick him, but... Yeah, George North, 
is there a better winger in the world no, at the is moment? Is there a better player is there in a the be- world? Yeah, better player in any position. Uh, we've just picked the Welsh team now, if Gatlin could, could pick it, and we're going with Gethin Jenkins, yeah. Richard Hibbard, yeah. we're going with... Samson Lee. It's probably Samson Lee, Alan Wynne-Jones, and then it's going to be George North, as the other second row. As the other second row, yeah. Yeah. I think at six is probably going to be Joe, uh, uh, George North. Yeah. At eight will definitely be George North. Yeah. Seven might be Warburton. Yeah. Nine will be George North, get the ball in his hands nice and early. Yeah. Ten. Priest. No, George North. Twelve, <laughs> George North. Thirteen, George North. Fourteen, George, George North. Eleven, George North. And fifteen, Halfpenny. Yeah, Halfpenny to kick sticks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But other than that, fine. Yeah, George North in about nine or ten positions there. <laughs> yeah, they've got another... Um, if Gatland had, uh, had his way. But, well, he might actually end up playing outside centre because Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams have both gone down injured in the last couple of days. Yeah, it's a shame. I'm I starting to think Scott Williams is playing well enough now and because he's in, in Wales yeah. and on a dual co- contract that he well, would finally get his chance. Yeah, if he does go on a dual contract. Um, he, he, he is, is he not? I thought it was only Warburton. I thought Warburton was the single one. No, I, I think there's a few of them, though. Oh, is there? Yeah. All oh, right. Um, nice to be seen. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about a team who I've literally never watched. Literally? L- I, yeah, literally. Okay. I can honestly say, I can honestly say I've never watched a full game involving the Glasgow Warriors. Uh, I watched the final of them last year, and I watched Ulster beat watched... them comprehensively. I've a seen the highlights with them in, but I've never watched a full yeah. game okay. of, of the Glasgow Warriors. And somehow... They went away and beat a French team in France 13-15. Now, we've been getting a bit of stick from this, because we wrote them off against Bath, and they hammered Bath. And then we wrote them off this week against Montpellier, and they've beaten Montpellier. Not hammered them, but they've beaten them. This can't continue. Well, they are a good team. They've got quality all round. Their outside centre, Bennett, who scored two tries last week, looks awesome. 21-year-old Scotsman. They've got uh, Finn Russell at 10. They've well, got, that's it. They've a, got Scotsman. a big Scotsman. A Scotsman. <laughs> I don't understand it. There's obviously something else going on here. Someone needs to be investigated for match fixing or something because it's, it's just not right. Now, I didn't watch the full game, but I watched the highlights and they were the worst set of highlights I've ever seen. Purely because there's. So it's 13 15, 28 points. Mm-hmm. That 28 points consisted of seven penalties and a penalty try. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! That is not pretty watching, but fair play to them going to, going to Montpellier, who are fourth in the top fourteen. Uh, they're probably unbeaten at, at home until now. That, that's generally how the top fourteen works. Yeah, but that is a cracking cracking result, and and they're now so they're in uh, which pool are they in? They're in pool four, and it's them and Toulouse who are both unbeaten in pool four. Oh my word! Yeah. So they're going to go to Toulouse. Have Toulouse come? They might get out of the pool. They could well. I mean, do. they're favourites, right? They're, well, they'll be second favourites behind Toulouse, presumably. But if they having already picked up two wins, it puts them in good position to get one of those three uh, runner-up spots. Hmm. Now that leads us very nicely into a topic I love: health and safety. <laughs> now you were just saying then. Um, to lose be favourites to get to to get out of the pool. Yeah. And in an area when all we're talking about is health and safety, um, Bath fielded a second row, another second row, and the blind side at open side as their back row. Yeah. To face the monsters of Dusutoir, Haranordiki and Pick and Pickamoles. But not only those three in the back row, their bench back row was Yannick Nyanga. And Edwin Macker, who, who is 142 kilograms. Who number the of... hell would be on the bench? If that's how deep Bath have gone, yeah. <laughs> who was on the bench for Bath? Uh, I think it was Guy Mercer who was on the bench. Poor Guy Mercer. His, uh, his <laughs> self-esteem must be rock bottom. <laughs> but they did really well. They'll be genuinely disappointed not to have got a win out of that. I don't know. They, they looked... They look decent. They did, at no point did Toulouse look overbearing. No. But I think Toulouse and Toulon do very similar things, which is they play like they're bored. They play to the standard which the other team are playing until they actually need to win. <laughs> so I saw Toulon last week, and it was Scarlet's last week who they absolutely smashed. And watching it, you thought, hmm, 
maybe the Scarlets are in with a shot here. Every time they get the ball, they you know break the line, uh, make a few make a few yards, and they're kind of within touching distance. Now I watched the first half of the Ulster Toulon game, and I thought this isn't too bad. I mean, yeah, uh, they're giving away yards to Toulon, and you know Toulon are ahead, but when they get the ball, it's looking pretty promising, and then they just crush the life. Out. Out of your second half, like last ten minutes, he's kind of oh. slowly grind away. That fortieth um, minute, it was it was nine three with basically nothing on the clock. Uh, nine three to Toulon, that is. And I was thinking, yeah, Ulster. If we're going at half time, six points down. That that's that's not bad. No. But then twenty five phases and sixty meters later, Brian Habana is going under the posts after two unbelievable offloads from Juan Smith and then Masoi. And they just, yeah, they just grinded it out when they had to. Now, what do you make of this? Um, there was a try, which was not a try. Yeah. Which was scored by Dylan Armitage, Armitage. I think, right? Yeah. Now, Dylan Armitage got got the ball, went over, and the forward pass was given, I think, by O'Connor. Maybe, oh, no, half penny. It was definitely half penny, yeah. Right? So, looking back at, back at it, the hands went backwards... But the ball went forwards. Now, I thought, OK, hands went backwards, ball goes forwards, this is fine, it, it's a try. I have today heard that the new directive is, does the ball go forward, not do the hands go backwards? <laughs> so it's flipped on its head from Correct, the yeah. directive that was yeah. put in about 12 months ago. So, as, a, as the wonderful professional sport which we are, um, they've decided, apparently two weeks ago, that this is all going to now change around. Wonderful. So we had a, a situation there, I think it was in the, uh, what, was the one this after, what was the one this afternoon? The Sharks game. Yeah. Where the ball went back, no, hang on, wait for it. The hands <laughs> went forwards, but the ball went backwards, therefore it's not. Mind you, if your hands go forward and the ball goes backwards anyway, even it's, the old laws, it's not going to yeah. be more fast. If the ball goes backwards, it doesn't matter. It, it, keep it simple. Do they just have a group of people somewhere in an office which they need to keep in a job no matter what and therefore they have to keep on making up rules? Um, maybe, a rules committee. Maybe that's it. Yeah, they have to justify their existence, justify their half a million pound salaries from the whoever it is IRB by uh, just changing the rules so slightly. Well, oh no, we're not going to go into the rule <laughs> changes in whatever level, level, level five Northwest rugby but we had a very, very, very similar situation last week. Um, now, as we are talking, there are two more games in play. Yeah. Which are, Be- which are Benetton versus Racing. Racing. Uh, Racing seems, in, seems, seems to be winning that, so I don't think we need to talk about it whatsoever. Well, it was only 6-3 last time I checked. It's now 13-3. Ah, right, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's going to go the way we expected it to. Uh, and Wasps Harlequins. This is, we're now talking at second, uh, in the second half. Uh, I don't, we'll get to see, sorry, See the end of the second half because our time in this part of the um, <laughs> quantum drift is, is is coming to an end now. So we'll have to transport back. Yeah. But currently, ten thirteen. Yeah, and and from that first half that we've actually seen of Harlequins, they lost Joe Marler just before kick off or at some mm-hmm. point before kick off with a thigh injury. Um, but their scrum seems to have been shored up. They've got Kyle Sinclair back. At tight head. And that's got... not showing up a scrum, is it? Well, I mean, you wouldn't think so. It's playing a prop, but it's not showing up a scrum. But the, the scrum's been solid from what I've seen. Yeah, and Wasps have got a great scrum. Yeah, Wasps have got a really good scrum. So that that's a good thing. Well, hear me now, believe me later. Uh, this is going to go one way, and that's the way of Wasps, even though Harlequins have just scored another three points. <laughs> uh, and what's going to happen, I'm telling you now, uh, Wasps are just going to overpower Quins, and that's going to be the end of it. Um, Wasps, although they don't have James Haskell, who would be doing some of that overpowering. But he'll be doing the team talk and stuff, Captain Bantos, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And they do have Ashley Johnson and Nathan Hughes in the back row. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, probably quite a bit of power coming from that. Mm. Uh, are we done here? Um, anything else on those games? We've talked about most of them. No, uh, um, uh, Leinster won. And other than that, I don't really care. So well, shall we hop back into our, our DeLorean? Well, let's hop back into the DeLorean. And pass it over to Tim. Yes. Let's look forward to the LV Cup next week. <laughs> Cheers, Jay. So anyway, yeah, Jay and Phil will go oh. off in the DeLorean soon. Um, any minute now. Are you guys going to go or what? <laughs> oh, we're back. 
Yeah, what, just, what just got back. Just got back, mate. <laughs> You've got back. Oh, what a weekend of games. Oh, Tim, <laughs> you, you have missed out. It's all right, Tim. I was going to say, Treviso hammered someone, but you can wait to see that in, in the games this week. Right, okay. So you're, you're back. You've been to the future. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? What was the weather like? Uh, rainy. <laughs> it's Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, right. it's Manchester. Uh, well, we will see you on, on the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, sorry, just a bit of housekeeping before we go. Next week's podcast will probably be out on a Tuesday, will it? Yes, it will be. It'll be it'll be later than usual. Because one of the best things about doing the podcast is we have people uh, who will happily buy us drinks if we meet up with them. So this time next week, we'll be in Chicago getting ready for the All Blacks New Zealand game with listener Warren Mullis and some of his rugby buddies. And anyone else if they want to... And uh... anyone else. So if you're, in, if you're in Chicago and you want to meet up for a quick beer, just, get, just, uh, just give us a tweet. Amazing. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find them on Twitter. Uh, keep, in, keep Follow that as well and keep in touch with the boys because I bet you're going to post some pictures and, and all sorts of stuff and uh, all, the thing, all the antics you get up to. Yep. And yeah, like mm. I said, next week's podcast will be slightly later. Thank you for downloading this week's one and, um, and we'll see you next time in a bit, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Later, Jake. Goodbye, Tim. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.